Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 2, Chapter 10, on being thankful for God's grace. Why look for rest, born as you are for toil? Better to look for things to suffer than for comfort, to be ready to carry your cross and to have a good time. What man in the world would not gladly welcome spiritual comfort and joy, if only he could keep it for good? For spiritual comfort surpasses all worldly delight, all pleasures of the flesh. All worldly pleasures are either empty or foul. Those of the spirit alone are delightful and honorable, springing as they do from virtuous actions and being stilled by God into those who are pure of heart. There is no one, though, who is able to enjoy these heavenly consolations as he would like to, because the time of temptation is never long absent. False freedom of heart and undue self-confidence are a greater barrier to visitations from on high. God does well in making us a gift of his comfort and grace. But man does ill by not returning all to God, along with his gratitude. That is why the gifts of his grace cannot flow easily through us, because we are ungrateful to him from whom they come, not making a complete return of them to the spring from which they flow. A man who duly gives thanks for it will always have grace for the asking. What it is God's want to give to the humble he will take from those who are proud. I want no consolation that takes from me my sorrow for sin. I seek no contemplation that leads on to pride. High things, you know, are not necessarily holy things, nor sweet things, good things. Not every desire is a pure one, nor are all the things we hold dear pleasing to God. If a grace makes me more humble, more prudent, more ready to renounce my own desires, then I bid it welcome with all my heart. When a man has been taught by receiving the gift of grace and chastened by bearing the lash of its withdrawal, he won't dare to attribute any good to himself. No, he will readily acknowledge his poverty and nakedness. Give God his proper due and enter what is yours on your own account. Be grateful, I mean, to God for his grace and realize that guilt and the punishment due to it belong to you alone. Always put yourself in the lowest place and you will be given the highest, because the highest cannot stand without the lowest. 
Those saints stand highest in God's sight who are lowest in their own. The more glory is theirs, the more humble they are at heart. Full as they are of truth and heavenly glory, they do not hanker after glory that means nothing. With God for their strength and support, they are quite incapable of giving themselves airs. Those who attribute entirely to God whatever good they have received do not seek glory from one another. The glory they seek for is that which comes from God alone. What they long for above all else is that God should be praised both in themselves and in all the saints. That is the end to which all their actions are constantly directed. When you are given a little, then, be thankful for it, and you will deserve to receive more. Reckon a small gift as a great one, a slight favor as a special award. When you consider who it is who gives these things, no gift of his will seem small or petty. No present is small that comes from God on high. Even though his gift should be one of punishment and affliction, we should welcome it all the same, because whatever he allows to happen to us, he brings about in the interest of our salvation. If you long to keep the grace of God, be thankful for grace when it's given to you. Patient when it is withdrawn. Pray for it to return and be humbly watchful so as not to miss it when it comes. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide, amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. We know that Saint Therese of Lisieux, the little flower, loved this book, and she read a chapter of it every day. And we also know that she's famous for promoting gratitude. She says that when we're not grateful, we make ourselves unworthy of further gifts from God. And when we're grateful, we dispose ourselves to receive more. Now, St. Therese did not tell us that she got that from the imitation of Christ, but that's the same teaching in this chapter, isn't it? In various ways, Thomas Akempis is trying to persuade us to be grateful. And what does that mean? Well, it means to, first of all, recognize, to acknowledge a gift from God. To recognize a gift 
and to acknowledge it as coming from God, and then to make some kind of return for it. That is, to give him the honor of showing that we know that it came from him and that that he gave it to us is good. In a way, it's to make a return of love for the love that he's shown us. Thanksgiving is returning love to God for the love he's shown us. Now, how do we become more grateful? By asking for it. We have to ask the Lord to increase in us this grace of gratitude. Now, what does the word Eucharist mean? The word Eucharist is a Greek word that means thanksgiving. When our Lord was at the Last Supper, he said, take this, all of you, and eat of it. But before that, what did he do? The Gospels say he, with his eyes raised to heaven, he gave thanks. He gave thanks to his Father in heaven. And the, the bread which he turned into his body is that Thanksgiving bread, that Eucharisticized bread. That he said the Thanksgiving over. We call the Eucharist the Eucharist because our Lord gave it to us in Thanksgiving for all that his Father had given him. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he said, I thank you, Father, for you always hear me. Another occasion, he said, I thank you, Father of heaven and earth. You have revealed these things to the merest children. Our Lord is the model of gratitude. And when his mother became pregnant, when Mary became pregnant, she also gave great gratitude that when she gave her, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. The holiest people are the most grateful of people. And it's precisely that gratitude which disposes them to receive more graces. And why are they so grateful? Because they are mind is full of faith. They truly believe in God. And because they recognize God's greatness and his perfection and his love, they marvel at every small little gift that he gives. They marvel that he would take an interest in us. But it's very hard for us to be grateful. It's very hard partly because we don't even recognize that we have so many gifts, partly because we assume that they're from our own efforts, partly because we think we deserve them. But this chapter is beautiful and remarkable and clear. And we humble ourselves tonight. We humble ourselves as being very ungrateful. We don't get upset with ourselves. We don't beat ourselves up. We don't despair because we're so ungrateful. No. 
That's what we are. Left to ourselves, we're ungrateful. But we're also praising sinners. We're ungrateful, but we're trying to become grateful. And if this chapter speaks to your heart, then the Lord is inviting each of us to become more grateful. And one of the secrets is to turn to Our Lady. Tomorrow is the Feast of St. Louis de Montfort. And he taught us to imitate God by entrusting everything that's dear to us to Our Lady. And if we entrust our desire to be grateful to her, then she'll teach us, she'll show us, she'll share with us her own ability to be grateful to Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.